Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Three weeks. Um, we have a series which um, Josh, Christian, and I are all contributing to. So Josh is across in Mansfield preaching today, and we're going to hear from from him uh, here next week. I think in Christian the final week, or or whichever way around it is. So um, it's going to be really, I believe, a great series as we build up uh, to Christmas. Um, we all have questions, don't we? We all have questions. Uh, some questions are bigger questions than others and more important questions. I know we have a lot of questions in our house. Um, we certainly do some pretty crazy questions in our house. Um, in fact, I, I made a note of a few of the questions that I've been asked um, in the last few weeks. Um, like this, can Jesus fly? That was one of the questions um, that I've been asked, and we can look at that in a moment. Um, what's a million times a million? Um, I don't know if anyone know the answer. No, no. Well, I was stumped anyway. Uh, you know the answer? A million times a million? A what? A million? A million squared. Oh, good answer. Good answer. Well done. Thinking out the box. I was also asked, um, Daddy, because obviously Lucas, my six-year-old, he he's a Scotland supporter. Just so you know, uh, you know he he South Africa, Brazil, not interested. England, not interested. He supports Scotland. Um, yeah, we got some. There we go, there we go. Some Scottish fans. So he said, Daddy, because he's never watched Scotland national team play football because he kind of, it's not great, you know, for a six-year-old. He'd be bored after a few minutes, wouldn't he? So, um, so he said, Daddy, if, if the Scotland football team's playing, how big does the field need to be? Um, and I had to explain to him that actually, Lucas, it's not the whole of Scotland that's playing. It's only the 11 best players uh, in Scotland. So we had a conversation on the way to school uh, this week about the fact that um, it's, it's a normal field. It's 11 players, um, Scotland, when they play. Um, but I will say this just off topic. Um, he is supporting England in the World Cup, just so you guys know. Not Brazil. England, because he's lived in England and he's not lived in Brazil. That's his logic. So he is supporting. That's why he's not a true Scotsman, is he? If you support England. Anyway, some questions are more important than others. And so over the next three weeks across both campuses, we're looking really at three different questions. Three questions that we believe are asked by you, but also asked by the world around us as well. These are important questions. And um, so this week, um, I get to start out and, and really just get really practical. And so this week, we're talking about, can Jesus fly? No, I'm just kidding. We're not, we're not going there. This week, we're talking about how do I forgive? Uh, and, you know, this forgiveness is something that is very relevant to all of us. If we've lived long enough in this world, we need to know the answer to this question. Maybe you all know it, but I know certainly I'm still learning. How do we forgive? And so just as an intro here, before we get into uh, the main message, I've just got a quick video that uh, I wanted to play. Hello? Hi, is this Danny McGrath? Yeah. The Danny McGrath that graduated from Nib High School in 1984? Uh, yeah. Who's this? Um, this is uh, Billy Madison. You probably don't remember me, but I, I went to high school with you. Um, I, I kind of gave you a hard time back then, and I did some things that I thought were funny at the time, but now I realize they were just mean and, and stupid, and, uh... 
just wanted to apologize, and I hope you forgive me. Yes, sure. Don't worry about it. It's no problem. Wow, that's great. Um, well, I am sorry, and uh, maybe we can get together sometime and, uh, and have some coffee or something. Sure, I'd like that. Okay, well, I'll see you around. Okay. Bye. Okay, once is enough, once is enough. I do apologize for the dodgy background, you know, I don't know if it's appropriate for... If you didn't see it, don't worry about it. Um, I did pass that through Jonty, actually, beforehand, and Jonty said it would be okay, so any, any issues, just, just speak to him uh, about that. You know, is anyone bold enough to, to, to admit to the fact that you've got a list like that? Anyone got a people I'd like to kill list? No? No? <laughs> I was, just, I was actually going to just make a mental note if you did. Um, maybe, maybe people would like to slap at least or punch. No, anyone got a list like that? Maybe even a mental list? Mental list? No, nobody's bold enough to say that. Because we're in church, aren't we? Because we're in church. So in church we say people would like to pray for. People on our prayer list, right? That's how we say it. So I'm going to ask it again. I'm going to say, does anyone have a people I'd like to pray for list? Okay. Okay. Yeah, we, we, we got it. So I get where you guys are coming from. So we, I mean, we can joke about it. Um, you know, we can joke a lot about it, but really forgiveness is a real life issue, isn't it? It's such an important issue that all of us have to deal with. And maybe, maybe you, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a joke, it's a funny video to watch, and maybe you don't have the, the level of hostility of unforgiveness that, you know, would cause you to, to, to try to kill somebody or punch somebody or whatever. But let me say that that's not the only way unforgiveness manifests itself, yeah? It can end up in in hostility. But often unforgiveness just starts by maybe a, a distance in a relationship, doesn't it? It starts by just putting up a few walls that maybe um, make us feel a little bit more protected. Um, and so that's the, op- the end result is that result of hostility. But oftentimes unforgiveness is is smaller, and it starts in smaller ways. And so I would just encourage you guys today as we talk about this topic of, of unforgiveness, just to open your hearts. Can you do that for me today? Just to open your hearts and, and see, well, where is it? Could it be that there's areas? Could it be that there's people in my life where I'm holding unforgiveness? And I just hope that today's message is going to be something that really hits home, that really encourages us, that really challenges us on this topic uh, of forgiveness. You know, Chris Hodges from Church of the Highlands, um, he said this. He said that often we, we just we say these phrases. He said that we, we say the phrase, I just don't care anymore. I just don't care anymore. You know, I, this person, I, I'm just not bothered anymore. And often that can be the first uh, sign of actually unforgiveness because we do, we do care. That's the truth, isn't it? But we're putting up these walls and we're saying, you know what, I'm just, I'm just not bothered anymore. Whoever it may be, I'm looking at Alini, I shouldn't, but um, I'm just not bothered anymore. But the truth is we do care. We do care, but it's, it's just because we're harboring that unforgiveness. And as we head into the, the Christmas season, I love Christmas. 
We've got so much happening at Christmas, but yet Christmas is often the times where there's relationships that we get to see family people, maybe where relationships are strained, where we've built up walls, where we've got distance. I'm just believing today that, that, that this Christmas is going to be a different Christmas. Okay? Do we believe that? That maybe in this room you guys are all perfect, but, but, but somewhere out there, that there's, this Christmas is going to be a different Christmas, where walls that have been built up come tumbling down, where distance that has been built up over the years is restored again, that bridges are built, and that we can truly embrace uh, forgiveness uh, this Christmas. Do you, can we say amen to that? Amen. So, I just really want to very simply this morning uh, talk about just a few things um, that I feel are very important uh, on the topic of forgiveness. And, and it's, you know, it's from the Bible. These are not Stephen's thoughts. I always say this. This is the Bible. We look at the Word of God because God is the expert. Yeah? He has a lot to say on the topic of forgiveness. And the first thing that I want to say is this, that forgiveness is about finding freedom. It's something we talk about a lot at Arena. God wants us to find freedom, doesn't he? He wants us to come to a point where the shackles and the chains on our lives are broken. Where we're truly free uh, to, to express ourselves and be everything that God has called us to do. You see, oftentimes that when we're actually holding unforgiveness in our heart, we think that we're, we're doing the other person a disservice, but actually we're doing ourselves a disservice because it's the chains that are actually on us when we're holding unforgiveness. We're actually the ones who are, are suffering the most. It takes a lot of energy to carry around a grudge. It takes a lot of energy to carry around a grudge. And in fact, the health benefits, uh, totally off the Bible, the health benefits of forgiveness are there for all to see if you read studies as well health benefits when we are quick to forgive, stress drops, health improves. God's, God knows what he's talking about after all, doesn't he? That's just them finding out a little bit about God and his, the way he designed us. Forgiveness is, is really the act of pardoning your offender. Sounds very much like what Jesus uh, did for us. And we're going to talk a little bit about that later on. Letting it go. I came up with this definition. The intentional and voluntary process by which a victim undergoes a change of feelings or attitude regarding an offense. Let's go of negative emotions like vengefulness and has an increased ability to wish the offender well. One of the most amazing things about our physical bodies is the fact that our physical bodies heal, don't they? Isn't it amazing? Obviously, you know, some things leave scars and and some things stay with us. But the wonderful thing is, as I look around, look out on you guys, in a physical sense, your bodies heal. You've experienced things. If we had all of our scars and every single part um, that we had hurt physically showing right now, you guys would look a lot different. But our bodies heal. But the reality is that it often it come, happens unconsciously that our bodies heal, don't they? But in our hearts, it's far more a conscious process that we have to actually do something in order for our hearts to heal. Because our hearts can be like that. 
carrying around all this baggage, carrying around all this unforgiveness of all the hurts that we've experienced. And it's so important that we are conscious when we make the decision to to find freedom, to let those shackles be released. It's about finding freedom. Pope John Paul II is um, one of the longest serving popes from 1978 to 2005 I believe, and, and he was three years into his 27 years as the Pope when he, um, he was shot. I don't know if any of you can remember that. I was quite young, so I can't remember. But 1981, um, he, was, he was shot. You know, the guy tried to kill him, and it was a very, very close to going. That was almost the end for, for, for Pope John Paul II. And um, it's a wonderful story because they caught the man, okay, so he went to jail, um, but when Pope John Paul had actually recovered, apparently he actually went and visited this man in jail. And he said, I'm, I've come here to forgive you. I've come here to offer forgiveness to you. It's not like the man called him up and said, can you forgive me? Please come to jail. He did it on his own accord. And I thought, what a wonderful example of how Christians should behave. You see, he knew that that man may be in jail But unless he let go of that unforgiveness and unless he forgave that man, he too would join him in jail. He too would be chained. He too would would let that thing just build up and build up and build up that, that anger, that bitterness, that how could he do this to me? He understood the principle that forgiveness is about finding freedom. It's about making the conscious decision. I'm gonna embrace freedom. Matthew 16, verse 14 through 15, uh, says this, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Wow. I mean, we we could go into a lot of detail on, on that scripture for all you Bible scholars here, but let's just say this, the stakes are high. The stakes are high for us to embrace forgiveness. You see, your forgiveness and your freedom is tied up with how you forgive others. Those two are interlinked. Unforgiveness can harm you. Unforgiveness can hold you back. So that's the, the first point that I just wanted to make there. Forgiveness is about finding freedom. We all want to find freedom. It's not about putting another requirement upon you. It's for your own good. Yeah? It's for your own good that you find that freedom and forgiveness. And the other next thing I want to say is this, that I think it's important if we really are going to embrace forgiveness that we need to understand who is trying to hurt you. Understand who is trying to hurt you. We live in a day and age where there's lots of terrorism around. Um, it's just one of those things. And so there's so many acts going on. And I know for me, whenever I hear something in the news about another terrorist act, I'm always thinking, well, who's really behind that? Um, what's the story? Is this guy just a, a lone wolf? Or, or is he acting on behalf of somebody else? And you know, down through the years, it, it, it may have been Al-Qaeda, uh, Islamic State, IRA, all of these things down through the years. But I'm always thinking, what's behind it? It's helpful for us to understand that um, when it comes to uh, the hurts we carry, it's important for us to understand who is trying to hurt us. 
who is trying to hurt us. Ephesians 6 verse 12 says this, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Can I say the, the, the main person that is out to get you is the devil, is the enemy. You see, people hurt us. People do hurt us. And I'm not one of these people that blames every, everything on the, on the enemy. But ultimately, he's the one that brought the hurt and the sin and the suffering. And he's the one that instigated that process in the world that we live in. He's the one that's really out to get us. It just happens that hurt people hurt people. And so it's not really your boss that's out to get you. It's not really your troublesome neighbor or your ex that's out to get you. It's the enemy that's out to get you primarily. He's trying to cause you harm. He's trying to cause you suffering. He wants to kill, steal, destroy. And you know what? He uses people to do it for him. It's amazing how often that we, even ourselves, and I hold my hand up to that. I can just be a pawn in the hands of the enemy. Yeah? Hurting people, doing things that I'm... When you act out of unforgiveness and anger and bitterness, we can just be a pawn in the hands of the enemy. Let me tell you, it's important that we understand he's our main enemy who's out to get us. He's the one that is trying to get us. And let me tell you, if you're going to be angry, if you're, going to, if you're going to get him back, you know what the best way to do it is? Is to love. It's to love Jesus. It's to love other people. To let go of unforgiveness. To, to embrace the fullness of God's love. And just to be a blessing. To live in your purpose. That's the best way that you can get him back. But it's important that we realize that, that often people are just used to hurt us. Even family members are used to hurt us. But they're not our enemy. Our real enemy is the devil himself. And the next thing I want to say, and I, I believe that, that does help us, in un, is unforgiveness. Because it helps us to have a little bit more compassion for people, doesn't it? It helps us understand what their hurts are, how they have been brought to that point where they also hurt us. But the other next thing I want to say is this, that we need to decide to forgive. It's a decision. Ephesians 4, 26 to 27 says this, and I'm, I'm reading from the Amplified Version because I particularly love this section of Scripture in the Amplified. It says this, When angry, do not sin. Do not ever let your wrath, your exasperation, your fury, your indignation last until the sun goes down. Leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Don't give any opportunity to him. Again, linking up these thoughts that it's the enemy who, who wants to grab a foothold. But the Bible says, no, don't, don't, don't sin. Don't let your wrath stay with you. Let it go. We need to make that decision to let it go. You see, angry is normal. Angry is okay. It says when angry. It doesn't say if you get angry. When you're angry. Jesus was angry even. Righteous anger. 
So we all have a rushes of blood to the head, don't we? We all have those moments. But it's the holding on to that anger that really starts to do us harm. See, we had a session a few weeks ago, um, for those of you involved in security on the two campuses, and, and there was a session that Paul had arranged, Paul Stokes, and he got some of his like professional guys to come in and, and, and coach us a little bit. Um, and it was really good, because basically saying that so many of the things we experience, the, what we think is panic and is in the mi- middle of a, a difficult situation, are actually healthy. Those are actually our body's reactions for, to preserve ourselves. In other words, the adrenaline flows. When you get involved, the adrenaline flows. You may st- start to get angry. You may you know, start, start to have these physical symptoms. But when we do, it's important that we then... Stop, and we do not sin, and we do not hold on to that. This scripture, I must say, has caused me a. I've thought about it a lot. The whole part of don't let your wrath last until the sun goes down, and you know what? I, I believe that. Just so you know, uh, I don't know if I always practice it, Alini, but um, I do believe that that it, you know we should make up with each other before we before we sleep. All of that, but let's not take this verse too literally uh, either, because it's not about when the sun goes down, you know, it's not about when midnight hits, that's not what God is trying to say, he's not trying to say if you fall out with somebody at at eight o'clock in the morning, you're okay, just make sure you sort it before the sun goes down, but if you you happen to annoy each other five minutes before bedtime, you better get on it quickly, you know, he's not saying that. He's, he's trying to illustrate the point that we can't hold on to it. Whatever moment that is, don't let breakfast come before, you, before you've resolved your issues. Don't let lunchtime come, whatever it may be. Sort out your issues. Don't hold on to them. Don't hold on to your anger. Don't dwell on it. Make a decision to forgive. You know, the, the scripture says this, don't let, in other words, it's, it's you that makes the decision. Don't give the enemy a foothold. Who's in control? You're in control of your heart, your mind. It's your call. It's interesting that, that verse that, you know, if we want to pop it up on the screen again, but it doesn't even distinguish between uh, the levels of hurt either, does it? You know, because we, we can joke about it and we can probably say if you get cut off in traffic, well... Don't let the sun go down before you've let your anger pass and you've dealt with it. Or maybe, you know, you, you fall out and, uh, with your wife or your husband because you didn't, you know, put your, your coffee cup back in the sink after you, do, you left it in the lounge, whatever. These little issues, you know, we have these things. Oh, then you need to sort it out. But let me challenge you and say, what if you have a partner who cheats on you? What if somebody really hurts a member of your family? The scripture doesn't make it, like it doesn't say if it's a little hurt, sort it out before sundown. It says, sort it out. Don't hold on to that anger, whatever you're going through. Can I say to you, it's about your heart, no matter who's hurt you. You see, we tend to think, well, if you get hurt really badly, you should hold on to it and work through the process for a number of, you can do it, you can let it go for days, weeks, months, because it's a pretty big hurt. No, 
We need to forgive as soon as possible. I know it's a hard word. And thank God I've never had any big hurts that I can really say have been life-changing hurts. And I thank God for that. But, but it doesn't change the word of God. If you've had something huge, if you've had something massive that has hurt you, the Bible still says we need to make a decision to forgive. We need to make a decision not to hold on to that anger because it's only chaining you. It's not a forget about the offender for a moment. It's only chaining you. Don't let the sun go down on your anger or your wrath. Wow. Ephesians 4 is is a powerful chapter, actually. I'm going to read a section just from a little further on. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. And just a few verses after what I've read, it says this. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. Wow, that's the clincher. That's the clincher, isn't it? Just as Christ Jesus forgave you and me. How does that look? How does forgiveness look just like Jesus forgave us? Does that look like it waits a few weeks or days or or months before you forgive? No. Jesus, Jesus shows us a radical forgiveness, doesn't he? How can we ever forgive like Jesus forgave us? Wow. You see, we'll never have to forgive anybody as much as Jesus has forgiven us. You see, our very sins nailed him to that cross. Also, God's the one who initiated the process of forgiveness. You see, we're waiting sometimes for the apology before we forgive people. Did Jesus wait? Did God wait for the apology before he sent his son to die on the cross for us? No. It says, while we were yet sinners, while we were yet sinners, God sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins. Wow. Wow. Forgiving just as Jesus forgave us. The Bible talks about freely you've received, freely give. Hmm. Can I suggest that true forgiveness is, is actually only possible when we've really grasped the forgiveness that Jesus, the price that Jesus has paid, the forgiveness that God has given us. Through his son. You see, when you get that revelation, when you understand truly what God has forgiven you, you won't hold anything against people. You'll let, you'll let it go. Because he's forgiven us so much. And the last thing that I want to say today is this uh, that we need to refocus on our purpose. And, and you may think, well, where does that come into? To forgiveness, refocus on your purpose. Well, I was, you know, blessed by Andy's lead uh, this morning. You see, he talked about the past. He talked about our past, and he talked about our future. You see, refocusing our purpose is about saying, "I have a past, but I also have a future." Yeah. 
I have a purpose and my past and whatever has happened to me is not going to determine my future. It's not going to determine the fact that God has given me a purpose and I'm going to live that out. Don't let the, 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 the hurts that you've experienced uh, be something that dictates what happens the rest of your life. God has a purpose. We can so, even, so easily become detoured from the real purposes of God for our lives. But I believe he wants us to refocus all the time. You know, detours, we can probably all think of a few detours we'd have to take. And as I was preparing for the message, I thought about the first time, it was February, uh, Valentine's weekend 2016 was the first time we came to Arena uh, for a visit. And and I remember we, we, went, we came here in the morning and we went to Mansfield in the evening. And then we decided we're going to be brave. We're going to head back up to Hamilton in Scotland uh, at 8 o'clock in the evening, just drive into the night, get home by midnight because it's like a four-hour trip. And um, I remember the fact that um, before we even left Mansfield, um, Lucas was sick in the car. It's like, okay, this is not a good start. Then we got about half an hour up the M1, and there was roadworks. And so we took a detour, and it was like, what a pain. And then it started snowing, and so the road was closed, and we had to take another detour. And to be honest with you, we, got, we should have been in Scotland, in Hamilton, by midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning or whatever. It was like midnight, and we were near Middlesbrough. I didn't, I've never even been to Middlesbrough. It's not a great place to go to, really. Um, sorry if anyone's from there. But my first experience... You know what? We just decided, look, we just need to sleep the night. So we found a, a travel lodge or a premier inn, and we just said, look, we'll, we'll refocus in the morning. You see, things happen in our lives. We get detoured. We get, we get sidetracked. But let me tell you that there is a purpose for you. We need to refocus. We need to come back and say, I'm not going to be sidetracked by this unforgiveness, by this hurt, by whatever's happened to me. I'm going to refocus and I'm going to say, God, I'm going to live out my purpose. Why you have called me to be here. I'm a little out of time, but there's a, a great scripture that I really wanted to share with you before I close here um, from 2 Timothy 4, 14 through 17. And I love this because it's Paul speaking to Timothy. He says this, uh, he says, Alexander the metal worker did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he's done. You too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. And I'll read the rest later. But Alexander the metal worker was basically an enemy of Paul. He was somebody who, as we read there, who hurt him, who did him much harm. But I love what he says. You know what? The Lord will repay him. God's going to deal with that. You know, if you've got people who have hurt you that you consider to be enemies, you know, just say, God, you know what? God, you're going to deal with that. He's not naive. We're going to be on our God like, like we read there. We're going to be on our God. You should be on your God too. But, but God, I'm just going to leave it to him. Verse 16 then says, Paul was on, was, was, on, was on trial at the time. It says this, At my first defense, no one came to my support. But everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. So his, his enemies had hurt him. Now his friends had let him down. Nobody had showed up for him when he was on trial. But he says, you know what? May it not be held against them. I'm going to just let that go. 
And verse 17 says this, But the Lord stood by my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles, Gentiles might hear it. That's Paul's purpose. That's Paul's purpose. I'm not going to be distracted by my enemies who hurt me. I'm not going to be distracted by my, the people close to me who, who let me down or don't show up or whatever they do. But you know what? I'm going to be focused on the fact that I have a purpose. I'm going, not going to let anything sidetrack me because I need to proclaim a message. I need the Gentiles to hear the message of Jesus Christ. You know, you all of you, It'll be different to Paul, but all of you have a purpose. We, we talk about that a lot uh, at, at Arena. And if you've gone through Growth Track, you've probably just, um, just uh, heard about that in the, in the past few weeks. We all have a purpose. You know, I'm picking on people from the front row. You know, Kev. Kev's got a purpose. It's bigger than just worship, but part of his purpose is worship. And, you know, I love the fact that Kev is up here, you know, praising God with that wonderful smile. By the way, was Hannah, he's got a great smile, doesn't he? Great smile. You know what? If he was to, to, to get hurt, hold on to forgiveness, to let that affect him, I'm sure after a while that smile would fade. That, that, um, that the joy of the Lord would, would, would just start to diminish even for a wonderful guy like Kev. And it's the same for all of you. Whatever your purpose is, you need to let go of the things that have hurt you. You need to forgive the people that have hurt you in order to you, for you to really embrace the fullness of what God has for you. So I'm, on that note, I'm going to call the guys forward and you can just admire um, Kev's wonderful smile. Give us a smile, Kevin. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Great smile.